All right, so in continuing our special series here on going remote, we have a variety of different stakeholders here from students, associate faculty, full-time faculty, graduate student, and first off, we have someone here who is our audio editor and engineer. We have Kelly, and Kelly, I, I, I want you to kind of reflect on your experience with working with faculty members, professors in a different way. So you've been working with uh, Curry and me for the past few months here. Um, what, what has that experience been like and how has that been for what you're trying to accomplish uh, here at Miracosta and beyond in, in, um, in the audio world? Yeah, so I'm a music technology student and honestly, it's been really fantastic to apply everything I'm learning right away every single week. Uh, it's been really cool to meet other professors on campus. Um, we kind of have our own little world in the music building. Uh, we don't really leave the studio or the computer lab very often. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, so this is like the library. We get to meet in the library. <laughs> um, so that was nice. And then you guys have been great to learn from. Just the different conversations that we've had on the podcast. Like I've learned so much just being a part of it. And then that's not even talking to like the technical aspects. So the technical aspects have been great too, because it's like real world application. Like, okay, we don't have a high-end studio in the library. What microphone do we have? Okay, it's a basic USB microphone, but there's different settings on it. So then you have to like real world Google it, learn about a new microphone. Mm. Um, and then... Also, the first time I had to do the remote recording. Oh, yeah. So I, the first time I heard of Zoom was because of the podcast, because we had someone that wasn't on campus with us call That's in right. yeah. for us to record. And then, hey, now everything's on Zoom. <laughs> and that would have been brand new if I hadn't done the podcast. So thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you're learning from us in those areas because we've given you no resources. We've given you no training. We've given you no tools. And we've said, but please do it anyway. <laughs> the best way to learn. Yes. The best way to learn. This right? makes us excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and James, so you've been a, a part of a lot of these conversations, too. You've been listening in and you've actually contributed to some of them. And you're finishing up your graduate program, but you're also an associate faculty member with us. Can you talk a little bit about what that's been like for you? You've kind of had this rapid rate of uh, learning based on hearing uh, students, and probably most importantly, but also faculty members in these conversations. What's that been like for you? With this podcast, when it first started, I didn't know really what to expect. You know, there was, we're doing a podcast. You want to be a part of it? Sure. Why not? Let's do this. The very first podcast we did was on the syllabus. And during this time, I was working on my syllabus for my very first class. So <laughs> I remember like furiously taking a bunch of notes like, oh, they like this. Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> how to be as, you know, put pictures in it, put colors. Oh, don't don't just put language, do this and that. And a big part of it, I think, was going from because, as you know, a lot of this, a lot of our conversations go from teachers to students and you get to hear both perspectives. Like I am now a, an instructor. And I'm listening to people who are in this field already talking about the syllabus they've been doing for years and years. And then right after that, you hear the students' perspectives. I'm still referring to the syllabus, but there's a lot of similarities, but you can definitely tell there is something going on, like a change. I'm not sure if it's the times, if it's the technology, if it's just what people are you know, accustomed to or listening or being introduced to. But I'm glad that I'm starting now and 
that like I'm I'm still in graduate school, so I'm still in school hearing from people like around, I don't know, I don't want to say like my age or whatever, but people who are in college, I get to hear what they're talking about. Then I get to hear from a community college perspective, not only from the students, but also from the faculty. And then every every single podcast we've done thus far, I've just been, I've been taking show notes, but I've also been taking notes for myself. Mm. Because it's been so helpful to me growing as an instructor. And like, I don't know, I think it's been really rewarding for me that rewarding and like just so informative that I can use this stuff in my day-to-day online class and for future prospects too, because this is all being recorded, obviously. So we can go back to it whenever we want and listen to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. And uh, Deborah, you're also have been a major contributor to this podcast, uh, 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 helping us connect with Kelly. And could you, could you introduce yourself and and kind of your role in the campus and. Hello. Uh (laughs) I'm Deborah Reeves, and uh, I'm a teacher and adjunct instructor in music technology. So uh, right now I teach Recording Arts 1, also teach Recording Arts 2, and started with Kelly and a couple other students, a podcast club on campus because uh, another student had talked about wanting a radio station at at school. And I'm like, well, that's a really cool idea but I know that that takes like a radio tower and a license and you can do streaming online but could do a podcast Uh, so I'm an audio engineer and I work on I've worked on several podcasts um, through my career thus far and you know it's this really cool avenue of people sharing their ideas for some people it's a great avenue to do quote-unquote free advertising uh, for their business and uh, great avenue to share stories. And um, so, yeah, I was really glad to help connect you guys and Kelly together and uh, glad the music music tech department could uh, get involved. Yeah. And I know, you know, a reoccurring theme in this special series that we have on going remote has been that a lot of us are valuing the process um, and, and even though we're still mindful of outcomes and we're still working towards goals, it's really the, 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 the opportunities for growth. It's the being present in the moment that, that this is really what we keep returning to is really important for this particular moment. Um, Deborah, would you say that that's still true as you're reconnecting with your own students, as you're thinking of even just sort of like the quality of the sound and, and, and the things that you value? Um, is that yeah, so going remote is difficult, and it was something I was really stressing out about because with the class I teach, we're in a studio, um, in a lab setting, um, around equipment that I realize a fair amount of people might not be around again, getting hands-on experience with uh, all sorts of gear that you will have plug-in versions of at home. So you guys actually uh, put out some really cool, not really training, but yeah, some kind of training suggestion um, modules for uh, transitioning online. And um, I like talked with Matt Crothers, who's also a music tech guy, actual tech guy on campus and also teaches music tech about um, strategies of what we're gonna do. So. Obviously, I'm thinking, well, I want my microphone, my particular mic set up. And uh, I'm trying to think, well, we're going to do like a remote recording session with 
the students, which I'm looking forward to trying out, which is going to be a little more contemporary. You know, it's cool when you can get all the musicians together in one room in a studio and jam, but today people are working remotely all around the world jamming. So this is (laughs) going to be a neat new experience. That's really interesting. Yeah. It was a curveball to go remote, but it's a useful curveball. Indeed. <laughs> well, that's the value of embracing process, right? It's, it's in the mess, it's, you know, uh, uh, that you discover these really cool new things that you otherwise never would have encountered when we're going for this sort of convention, right, or this form. And, and so, um, yeah, and, and Kelly, you, you're coming back to school, right? And so can you talk a little bit about that journey? And then now with this remote instruction, obviously this is not what any of us signed up for, uh, but can you talk about that specifically from the student experience and even more specifically from the returning student experience who's changed their direction a little bit in terms of what what they're looking for out of their career? So um, I've been unable to work because of health issues. I get chronic migraines. And so I'm stuck at home a lot they're very disabling. Um, And I haven't been able to find a work experience or a job that is fulfilling and that I can do from home. So I wanted to up my skills and I wanted to meet new people, get out of my house. So I went back to school last year and now I'm back at home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But everything has a silver lining, like even in the worst experience. So my health hasn't been great this semester and so now I'm doing everything at home which is actually kind of nice Mm -hmm. um yeah so like when I'm not feeling good yeah I have my classroom experience on zoom um but I'm still at home I can be in bed it kind of goes to this idea of like assumptions that are made on both ends too because as an instructor and and I'm not really your instructor but I work with you you know, one recording session, you came in and you wore sunglasses. And my assumption was, wow, Kelly's really cool. Like she just, <laughs> she's just putting on some shades right here in the middle of the recording session. And I'm like, is that so that she's not distracting to everyone else? Her eyes aren't darting around. And then later I, I discover and you tell me that, uh, you know, you get these migraines and that the light was bothering you. And I think it, you know, really is like, makes me think about the assumptions that we make as instructors when we think students are not paying attention or they're disengaged or they're not taking things seriously, that there may be a lot of things that are going on that we are not privy to, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and um, yeah, go ahead, Curry. Well, that was, I think that's the day we recorded in Zoom. My assumption was, oh, dang it, she's pissed at me. <laughs> she just yes, we're always worried about that, though, yeah, Curry. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're sending her another shitty file. She's I not going to like this. Exactly. <laughs> dang it. She'll make it work. We know that. But yeah. yeah. And, and th- speaking of making it work, James, um, you are finishing a master's thesis. What yeah. is that like in a, in a remote setting now? This is what I'm interested in this, too. So I'll tell you what. Coming back from the winter break... I came back pumped, ready to do this. You know, it's all right. Got the data. We're ready to go. We're ready to start Finish analyzing. Finish lines right there. Yeah. 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 Part of the thesis process is analyzing your data, which you're supposed to have done over the winter break. So I'm doing that and, you know, I'm meeting with my committee chair and we're talking and all right, here's your, here's your, your schedule, what to do. Perfect. Let's do it. 
So I'm beginning to write my stuff. And sure enough, that I think the week leading up, before spring break, everything started to, be, to become more and more real. Everyone's still in this mindset, like, no, nah, nothing's going to happen. We'll be fine. Spring break is coming. We're fine. And then that Friday was like one of the biggest days. I think, uh, Curry, earlier, you had said that. This is like some of, one of the busiest times of my life because right on Friday after Friday, we, there was no spring break. We were just straight into work. Yeah. And what that meant for my thesis was I'm going to be at home more now. So I get to write all the time now. I'll be getting with this thing in like a week. I'll be finished with it. <laughs> that is not the case, man. Right. It's almost like it became more stressful because, I mean, I have all the data. I have all the things to write about. But now I'm stuck at home with my video games looking at me. I have my <laughs> online class looking at me. I've got my fellowship looking at me. But I can't leave the house and do these things. I'm, everything I'm doing is here That's right. within the confines of my home and like specifically my room. Because yeah. my room is kind of like my, you know, my sacred place or whatever. This is where I stay most of the time. But in my room is where my video games are. It's where my laptop is. It's where all my distractions are at. And it's hard to do every single thing you want to do when, you know, there's all these different distractions around. And another thing we talked about, too, because I'm in sociology, is the whole social distance thing. A lot of my, the reason I play video games is because that's where all my friends are at. We're all online talking to each other, and that's an escape. And they're always online because they're not doing a master's thesis like I am. So, so hey, man, get online. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm, but I got this paper to write. No, man, just get online. It's just like 30 minutes. 30 minutes are the two hours. And it's, it's more of a personal <laughs> distraction for me. But, just, but the reason of that is it's like at home. If it weren't for this stuff going on, I'd be able to go to campus because that's where I get most of my most production. I'm most productive on campus in the quiet room where you get a lot of stuff done. But with this going on, um, it's been really difficult. And today I have actually have a meeting with my chair and I barely finished part of like what I'm supposed to be getting done. I'm like nervous. I'm hoping this goes on later so I can tell you we can reschedule, but you know, it's just, it's been really stressful. Yeah. How we use environments, especially in uh, learning and teaching and, and creative works is so important. And now that our access to those environments is so limited, right? Our ability to process productively. Um, you're saying distractions, but, but it's probably also true that that's the sacredness of your space has everything to do with those distractions, right? Like you said, like that's your community. And now you're being forced to do one thing in that space that has never happened in that space before. Uh, this is so true of what our students are going through, right? Oh, yeah. Especially our students, you know, who have kids uh, or have uh, lots of, you know, large families staying with them or roommates um, and their process. Like I, I heard this mentioned earlier that uh, in class, uh, when in these Zoom meetings we're having, there's a lot of students in their cars, right? That, that this is where yeah. the camera is showing that they are. And that's the space they're choosing to go and um, to work, to be productive. Yeah. Um, it makes me think, Deborah, what you're saying too about the, the engineering room. I mean, having the knobs and that, that stuff, I'm sure, is really critical. But the synergy you lose when you're all in different spaces has, has, also, to be, has also to be problematic. Yeah. Right. And the pressure to me was, do I need to fill up this prescribed two-hour, 40-minute time with content? Right. Uh, do I need to make them actively be doing things? And um, it was... Uh, I'm like that that's going to be excruciating for for people for I think it's different for like say a digital audio class where they're actually working with software and it's like okay well if you're at your computer anyway with the software anyway let's go through it but for for my class where it's like well let's learn recording techniques it's 
becoming more of a, a hunt and gather maybe situation, a little more of a scavenger hunt thing where it's like, check out this site, see what resources you have here. And then, yeah, we're going to build a song together and make it sound as good as we can with whatever resources we can, because some students are only going to have a headset mic. Right. Whereas others might have a small collection. It completely depends. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like for me, I, I'm really active on campus in that I like to walk around a lot. And James knows this. Like, I, I like to walk around and talk to a lot of people and interact and see what's going on in different areas of the college. And I obviously cannot do that. That's not available to me. So I'm like sending out emails all the time. And sometimes I send those emails and at the very end, I, I kind of sandwich it in the beginning and in the end. I say, please reach out if you need any help. That's me also saying, I need you to reach out so I can talk and <laughs> see what's going on. I feel out of the loop. What's, what's happening? And everybody's out of the loop, so I know I'm not alone. But the way that we do things, whether that's teaching, being a student, um, just being a person in the world, has so fundamentally changed, right? And, and it's, it's tough for all of us. And it's an adjustment everywhere from technical things like Deborah's talking about to, you know, the distractions that we can leave at home that James is talking about, I, I, I miss it. I miss being around people and, and it's really um, made me reach out in some new and different ways here. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's great you said that because I, I talked to you too, those walks, you know, you don't think about it in the moment. It's like, oh my gosh, here we go walking around the campus. Like at the time it's like, yeah, these are fun. But at the same time, I was like, oh gosh, can't we just sit down for a second? <laughs> no, now it's like, man, I miss those freaking walks. You know, I miss being... <laughs> In the cafeteria, I miss being around people, especially students, you know, because I'm a Sadika fellow, so I you know Sean's my mentor for now, and I've been following him in his classes and stuff and sitting in on his classes, and the students are like the number one thing you miss because sure, the environment of college is where students are, but when you're in your classroom, you know, with your students kind of thing, it's, it's just a different feeling, and like, now they're just gone, now they're on the computer screen, now you're seeing them eating cereal behind the screen or whatever, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, it's just different. It's, We've had to adjust for sure, but I don't think it's a bad thing to say that we miss them or it's a little bit disheartening because it's the truth. You know, I, I do feel a little saddened by it, but we adjust, you know, we'll get through it for sure. Yeah. And Kelly, you were mentioning earlier uh, connecting with the, the Miracosta Odyssey Club and getting, uh, you know, your, your uh, club mates to, to connect back together that the reality of it is, is, you know, everybody's got lots of classes and work is different and, and, you know, things are so, so uh, drastically changed. How are you, uh, uh, but you've connected with a couple. So what do you think is the, are the next steps for the club and, and how do you think maintaining a club is going to work remotely? And, and you know what, can you briefly give a description of the Miracosa Odyssey, how that came about too? Because yeah. for our listeners here, I'd like to connect them with, with for your sure. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, uh, so last year in spring, that was my first semester back at school. I was in Recording Arts 1 with Matt Carruthers, who Dev mentioned earlier. He's amazing, by the way, if you want to take a recording class. Highly recommend. <laughs> and um, he had a real-life gig that he was going to go do. And so Deb was actually a sub for our class. Um, so the fates would have it. I was in class that day. Deb was my sub. And she said, hey, I'm starting a podcast club if anyone's interested. And me, I'm addicted to being in the recording studio. So I'm like, any extra time that I can be in there, 
Heck yeah. So I started going to podcast club. It was like me and what one other student at the time. So maybe it was two or three. Um, So we just like interviewed each other. We interviewed Matt and just had more hands-on experience in the studio. And we just like, let's keep it going. So just try to encourage other students to join up. And now we have a name for it. It's the Miracosta Odyssey podcast. And you can find it on Podbean. You can find it on what Spotify too and Apple. At the very least on Apple iTunes. Okay. Spotify, I've had I've I've been having my own personal Odyssey trying to get the Miracosta Odyssey onto Spotify. Uh yeah. So I need to move. Uh, up on my list of things to do but anyway yeah so it's kind of evolved as we've had more students join because everyone has a different idea of what they want to do with the podcast and we want to explore everything like that's what it's there for so it's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank you um and there's it's interesting because a lot of our class time is spent specifically on our classwork. But when we get together as podcast club, we can find out like, okay, so who's doing what at home? Like who's in what band? Like what shows are you going to? Um, so it's been really cool to have that experience of learning about each other and then trying to interview people that are just kind of around that you wouldn't have found out those things otherwise if it wasn't for the podcast. And it's totally student-led, so Kelly and the other members, uh, yeah, either were interviewing each other or brought in people to interview, built questions themselves, editing, putting music, all completely student-led. So it's a cool, um, hands-on, yeah, experience of actually applying all the different things that you're learning. So it's, it's fun watching them work. Yeah, and it's extra time in Pro Tools as well. Pro Tools is the software that we're learning in school. It's what all the pros use and all the professional recording studios use. Um, And again, it's just like extra time that we get to spend with Pro Tools before I had it at home. And then at a certain point, I was like, oh, I should probably have this at home because now I'm using it more, Um, which is also convenient when Deborah's like, hey, I have some professors on campus that want to start a podcast. Sean and Curry. (laughs) Yes, very grateful. (laughs) So then I already had kind of like a head start using Pro Tools for podcasts specifically. And it's because Deb subbed in my class one day. And then I had her as a teacher last semester for Recording Arts too. So yeah, the universe is cool like that. (laughs) Sometimes it all lines up, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so my my real interest right now is just... uh, We've been we've been focused on faculty connecting with our students again and and really keeping that you know uh, supporting students to get to their finish lines. But I am really interested what students are doing to reconnect with each other because I know in a couple of episodes we've had um, the role club clubs play on campus is pretty critical for for our students. So um, and and I don't I'm curious Kelly like what what you know you're hoping will happen and 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 you know who you've connected with and and how that's going forward but then even Sean you know like are you hearing what we're doing to what students are doing or what we're doing to support students so we can start with Kelly and then maybe Sean you can jump in timing's everything right so we had spring break as students that was already planned so we had a week off and then we got a second week of spring break uh, which was unplanned thanks to the global pandemic that's going on. And um, 
I personally got out of the swing of things. You know, it's like you just have all this time off. It was already supposed to be spring break. Then it turned into two weeks. Um, and I don't know that everyone's kind of recalibrated back into the school mindset. There's just so much going on that it's overwhelming. And so it's been hard to connect. Um, lag times, respons- like responses, we're not really getting back. There's a few people that are still interested, which is good. Um, but yeah, that momentum we had just kind of petered out. But I'm hoping that once we get back into the swing of things, people will, will start reappearing. Fingers crossed. Because yeah, it's that whole connection thing. It's like, I don't want to lose all that momentum that we had putting out episodes every week and just because we're at home now. But I understand. It's crazy times, guys. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And there are ways that the college is trying to, you know, get information out to students, connect them with resources. But it's really tough. And, and just even looking at the COVID-19 information page that is, seems like is on every homepage for every company, every institution, right? When you look at ours and you go to the student information, you'll find a 26-page frequently asked questions. And that itself can be overwhelming. I feel like as a student, I would look at that and maybe feel like I want to quit because, geez, like, you know, it's like a a whole research project just to understand what's going on and how to move forward. And so I think everybody is, is wanting information. And then at the same time, everybody's wanting to put out information. And so we are in a time of overload, too, because there's these various ways of connecting and we're all trying to make it happen. And we're all saying the same things. Let's make it happen. Let's push, push through this. We're going to get through it, these kind of things. But in all of that, they're, they're, we're just inundated. Like, it's too much. And so I, I think about that with um, how connected people are to the campus. And, and there's always a range, right? Like, there's students that are in ASG, maybe in internships and they're doing, you know, all these extracurriculars uh, because maybe they, they, they can do that or, or maybe they find that to be really beneficial and that, that's where they get a lot of their um, social interaction. And then other students may have more obligations and responsibilities outside of school that prevent them from being able to do that. And I think about that as instructors too. And, you know, James talked about his involvement and in learning a lot right now. And I kind of want to turn it back to Deb and being an associate faculty member, you know, uh, and that connection to campus and what that was like prior to this and how you feel about that now. You touched on it a little bit, but as an associate faculty member, especially an an active one, um, how do you feel right now with your connection to campus and to Miracosta? It's weird because um, as an associate faculty member, I'm not I don't want to say it this way, but not just a teacher. I don't teach at a bunch of institutions. I teach at Miracosta, but I also have my own business, my own work as an audio engineer. So for me, it's all been about balancing uh, time on campus, uh, time prepping for classwork, um, uh, grading and all that, interacting with students with um, all the other work that I do. And that all adds up to a full-time job. So I had already planned out spring break to be like, all right, I'm going to be working on marketing and I'm going to be, you know, doing this and that, working on my website, tweaking my LinkedIn. And then like, oh, actually I'm transitioning to teaching online. And Mm -hmm. so it was, Mm -hmm. again, a huge curveball. And it's all, you know, been changing 
at the same time. So on the one hand, with uh, the work that I do, I still have had deadlines that I've hit and different little work coming in, but also the whole world is on stand, is standing still right now in a way, or at least my little corner of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went through a lot of emotions getting ready to teach online and knowing that I do need to put more effort in than I had originally allocated in coming to acceptance of that and, and being like, you know what, this is just going to be a really cool experience make it a really cool experience because you know the students really deserve that they they deserve uh more than this pandemic is giving them certainly certainly thank you that's a conversation i'm having with my colleagues in my department right some uh one one of my colleagues was full-time employed with camp pendleton and it no longer has access to that job and so um and others similar boat right uh and i think as we look forward, uh, summer classes are already moving online, um, and who knows for how long, you know? Mm-hmm. So different, yeah, and, and when I was an associate, this was my position too. I had this job and this job, and not all of it was teaching. Some, so much of it was just what I could do, you know, to cobble together a career and pursue my interests. Um, and that's just another layer, you know, to bring to prepping for classes, being present with students. Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's also what our students are carrying right now. And I, I totally agree with you, Deborah. like, I'm the same. Uh, I want this to be, I want to offer my students something that's sustaining and not something that's adding to, right? Uh, so sustaining their, their, their interests, putting them to their goal, not adding to their stress, not adding to their burdens, but I, I'm reaching my limit, you know, and I don't know, it brings me back to this you know, kind of this reoccurring theme that the process of teaching and learning is so much more important right now than the, even the delivery, the modes of teaching and learning, right? It's, it's so relationship oriented right now, more so than I think it's ever been for me, um, just as a strategy. And, and that, that I'm finding a lot of value in that. Yeah. James, has all, all of your courses moved online in your graduate program? Yes, um, they did. Our, the graduate program is really accommodating for us. They understand that our classes are in the last stretch of this master's thesis, so they've made it a little more easy on us. Like Professor, he said, no assignments, just read the readings and you'll be good. And the other one was like, we're going to get rid of this last thing, big presentation, don't worry about it, we're fine. It's really accommodating for us because of the pandemic and because this is our last stretch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's they've all gone online and it's a pretty good adjustment, I think. Well, the best we can do anyway. Oh, but the the most interesting thing about the whole deal is our master's thesis dance will be on Zoom. I know. <laughs> so be, wow. That's what I was assuming. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. As if that will be interesting. a stressful enough process right now. Definitely. Doing it in this format. Yeah. And we have the same thing. You know, I'm on a couple of different hiring committees for full-time faculty members at the college and we're doing those interviews online, which is interesting. And one of them even like, you know, we have a te- we have teaching demos and lab components and wow. I mean, what what a challenge for those candidates and you know, a challenge for us too to kind of vet people and and see what what they're bringing to the table because we're not getting what we think we're getting. And it kind of reminds me of when I first started teaching and I really embraced online and I knew that to you know, be competitive to get a full time job, frankly, like. Ha- having online teaching experience was going to be helpful for that because that was my career aspiration. 
And it was just like, when I thought about teaching, because I knew I wanted to be a community college instructor the first time I sat, sat in an, a community college class at Miracosa, I, I knew this was it. I never imagined teaching online. That wasn't part of it. It was the classroom dynamic, right? And so I really had to adjust my expectations and, and the way that I went about building my skills and experience to, to adapt to a changing world and talk about a changing world now, right? And this is not what any of us imagine. We didn't imagine doing our, our thesis defense that way. We didn't imagine teaching people how to record, you know, while we're just in a Zoom session with them. And so it's a lot of that. And I guess, you know, in closing out, I kind of want to hear from the different stakeholders here because we have people who are in different groups here and different categories and classifications on campus. What do you feel like people in your group need right now? And maybe start with Kelly. Like, what do students need? Hmm. That's a good question. I think, you know, none of us expected this to happen. Um, what's interesting is my, my other degree is in public health. Oh, wow. and we studied epidemics and pandemics. Didn't think I'd live to, to see one, um, live through it. So that's been an interesting perspective too. Totally. By the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they threw it now just having to adapt and just be more empathetic and more understanding to people's situations. I think when everyone's meeting in the classroom, there's like a certain set of rules that we all kind of abide by. And now I feel like maybe those rules are kind of gone a little bit. I don't know, just a random thought. But because um, everyone's situation is so different. Like, honestly, I feel a little bit lucky because as a student who has a disability, the fact that now every teacher is having to learn how to adapt their classroom to this kind of setting, I'm hopeful that that will be used in the future. Like, can we not forget our disabled students and maybe incorporate this even more in the future? And so that's kind of another like little silver lining. I spend a lot of time on like the negative aspects of the pandemic, um, <laughs> but I also try to spend an equal amount of time trying to find the good in it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I'm hoping that this is actually gonna be in the end, like a good learning experience because we're all having to adapt to a new way of teaching and a new way of learning that will be useful for certain students like me. Um, I also know that I appear to not have a disability. It's an invisible one. And how many other students are like that? that struggle to make it to the classroom every week. And um, again, like I have a lucky situation because I'm able to focus on schoolwork and I have a family that I live with that understands that. They're giving me the space to do that. Um, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna be in a class for three hours on the computer. They're all like, got it. <laughs> um, but other people may not be so lucky. And so teachers just kind of have to keep that in mind that everyone's situation is different. Thank you. And then maybe Deborah, what do you what do you feel like associate faculty would need at this time? That's such a good question. Kind of support. Um, you know, we've yeah. tried various things already, but how how is that landing or what, what else is there? What are the gaps that need to be filled? Yeah, I mean, support for sure. And Miracosta has been awesome. There's I already felt like there were a lot of emails, but <laughs> <laughs> we are email culture for oh, sure. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I think more, more conversations like this, uh, I would like to connect more with faculty, uh, supporting each other and giving each other ideas. Connecting with students is really awesome. Getting that insight, not just from like, because, you know, as the teacher, you get caught up in the shoulds, you know, they should learn this. I should do that. As the leader, I should be xyz and you know getting more i guess leniency to not get caught up in that and be like well what what is actually needed what can we all handle doing right now yeah yeah thank you james so i'm in a very unique position where and i'm you know associate faculty but i'm also more <laughs> so on like the like kelly side where i, I tend to Stay positive about everything, but like honestly, and I have to agree with Deborah. It's just having more conversations where you can just kind of vent about what's going on. Um, this podcast space allows that. Even me just listening to people kind of helps me out too. But yeah, any last thoughts though, James? Just like um, kind of your where you're at, grad student, new professor. I think, and I've spoken to Sean about this, or he spoke to me about. This. I should be writing a book. Everything that's going on because. It's a lot. Learning a lot. I have a lot to share. That's pretty cool. Uh, do you want me to answer your question? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you need? What do you need, Curry? <laughs> well, so I think two things, and I'll and I'll try to represent the colleagues of mine who I've I've spoken to, associates and full timers. Uh, the first is a um, a blog post that was shared from uh, with me. Uh, by Rebecca Barrett Fox. She's an as associate at Arkansas State University, and she coined the phrase "panic goji." Have you have you read this, Sean? No. So it's it, the basic sort of uh, premise of panic goji is uh, don't make your courses the best. Like do do a bad job of putting your courses online. That's the that's the the, the premise of panic goji. Love it. Because that's not the most important thing right now. It's not most important to you. Not most important to your students. Um, and so I think I need to keep reminding myself because what I do, my tendency as an educator is I keep going to effective practices. So like we have this situation, what's the most effective practice right now? And this is a temporary experience, right? Yeah. And so I agree with everything we've said. There's going to be some cool stuff we bring with us out of this experience, but the experience, the, the, the pandemic itself should not frame my pedagogy, Right. Uh, my relationship with my students should, uh, my relationships with my colleagues should, and then my own self-health, uh, my, my prioritizing my family, my safety, that, you know, those are the things that should be first and foremost. So I think that's, that's my, my big answer. And then the small one is, I know we all need an information filter, right? Because what we've said earlier, it's just there's so much, so much content. Um, and so um, it's, it's helpful to have these kinds of conversations when I get to hear people say, don't worry about that, this is important. Yeah, that, that's what I'm needing. Better broadband for everyone. That's also necessary, yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you have some final thoughts, Sean? Some needs? Oh, I do have some needs. <laughs> um, at this time, I think I, I I mean, I, I, I need people more than ever, right? And I, I just feel like, as I said earlier, just missing those connections. And it's great to do these things. And it's great to be connected in the ways that we can. But I, I can't wait. I think Tao said it in previous episode, Tauha, I, I can't wait till this is over so I can just be around people again. And 
compared to the rest of the world, I don't need much. And so I, I try to keep that in mind. And where I can be of service now is, is my main priority. And I feel like that is also a way for me to get some much needed distraction, you know, from, from the things that we're, we're facing here is to help others. And I just appreciate everybody who comes on and wants to talk about these things because I feel like in, in ways that we never truly understand as educators and even as students, we are helping people. And, and this is kind of what we do doesn't stop. And, and I really appreciate that. And I, I am just blown away by the resilience of um, our students and our colleagues. And for us to document that in these ways is, is so significant. And I, I just appreciate it. I'm, I don't want to live in this moment. I, I don't want this moment to be what it is. But I am very much encouraged by a lot of what I see. And that is also, of course, balanced with some devastation that, that is going to take us a long time to recover from. And, and some people won't be fortunate enough to do that. So keeping all of those things in mind. And, and um, yeah, I guess those were some final thoughts. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, right everybody. On. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for this conversation. Yeah. And for making this podcast possible, all of you. Of course. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Word. This episode was produced and engineered by Kelly Barnett. James Garcia created the show notes and manages our social media. Episodes of the Safe Topics podcast are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please download and subscribe. Thank you for listening.